Yeah. Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. Huh. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleep but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Blackers don't get fed. Huh, yeah. Jesus said he who puts his hands to the plow looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the scriptures five minutes and you're about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. <laughs> if you die for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep. Huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you're stuck at trying to reach. Huh? But after him who's able to possess your father by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now the point is this prophesied way back in the day. Quiet, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. Here we are. It is a pleasure to be here, my friend. 
Thank you for joining us, man. I certainly appreciate you taking time out, man. And uh, glad to have you. Glad to have you, man. I know this is going to be fun. Yes. Yeah, this is going to be a blast. And what an intro, by the way. Beautiful song. Love it. Oh, so Thank good. Thank you, man. I, you know, I think we need that, boy, because there's some madness going on out in the world these days, boy. Look. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we got some, we got some big things happening. That's for sure. Things are churning, things are churning, and uh, people are evolving at a rapid rate, and it's a little intense for a few. <laughs> oh, shoot, it's definitely intense because you, you just said evolving. So the question is, evolving into what? <laughs> you know. I be, I be asking people, I say, man, let me look at your ears, man. Well, turn around. Let me check you out in the back. I'm just trying to make sure you didn't grow a tail or something. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, anything is possible at this point. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Seth, uh, I know you got a wealth of things going on. You're a talk show host yourself. You have your own thing, so you know how interesting this can be. Um but let's jump over here to, um, well, I don't know. Uh, I can just give you the floor for a minute, and I'll let you tell our listeners a little bit about you, so I'll be quiet for a minute, and then we can get into the question. <laughs> Absolutely, and thank you for that that intro. Uh, I, I do I do consider myself a self-love warrior. I consider myself the OG self-love warrior in Seattle. You know, I'm here uh, doing my best to to create community to help those around me to uh, remind everyone that loving themselves first is going to actually heal the world. That that is that is my the mission of Love Amped itself is to show that if everyone healed themselves, the world's problems would melt away. And in terms of coaching, I've been helping uh, specifically men usually in the tech industry here in Seattle, um, have a more, more, meaning, more, more meaningful, more fulfilling, more connected, uh, more spiritual, uh, and just absolutely more fun lives. Uh, because I know for myself, I came from uh, the tech industry here in Seattle and game development and virtual reality and augmented reality development and uh, I wasn't able to, it took me a while to find the life that I knew I was capable of creating for myself. And uh, as, as we'll talk further, uh, relationships, communication, and tools in how to develop one, one's life and creating a harmonious life um, is very important to me. Wow. That's def- definitely, definitely a mouthful right there. It's interesting because while you were speaking, I was thinking about, I was thinking about a book we had published, uh, and my company published a few years back called "Play a Step Your Game Up," which is a self-help book for men, mm. uh, but it deals strictly with the do's and don'ts and dealing with the opposite sex and the things that we don't know if we're not actually coached or, or talk some of the silly stuff that men do mistakes we made but mm-hmm. anyway it's interesting because we hear back talking about some similar things um let me jump into this question right here is one of the first ones that we have is why would a romantic partner find someone that loved themselves more attractive and then where my my left thought is 
people are real quick to consider you, call you um, selfish, a step on yourself, if you, you know, show them that you do love yourself. So give me something about that one. Absolutely. Love this question. So the um, the Center for Self-Compassion um, started by Kristen Neff, they've done a lot of this research around self-compassion or self-love. Um, and it's shown self-love are more attractive. And here's why. Because starting off the bat, those that love themselves are more confident. And now there can be this belief that if someone loves themselves more, that they're going to be more arrogant. And that's actually not, not very true. There is a difference between loving oneself and kind of negative selfishness. Uh, and those that, are, that have more self-love are more compassionate towards others, more understanding, more forgiving, uh, are more driven to, like, create beautiful things in this world and live in, live in success because they want what's best for them. And if someone knows how to create what is best for them, they're going to know how to create that for those in their lives. They're going to want those around them to be doing well. They're also going to know how to make sure that if they're, they're not resourced, they're not at the capacity to help others, they're going to know how to set boundaries with others, like healthy boundaries, not cutting people out of their lives, like you kind of mentioned earlier, I was like, I, this person can't keep a relationship for five days. It's like those that love themselves are going to know how to create the boundaries that can make like any type of relationship last an entire lifetime. You know, you said that so eloquently. I was thinking about it in a more of a little simplistic uh, manner. It seemed like uh, – on the simple side, if you love yourself, then to extend that love to others should be kind of simple. Right. Yeah. You know, without the negative part, you know, the, the, the arrogant part, because, yeah. you know, uh, being, being in the entertainment business, you know, I, get, I, get a lot, I get a lot of that, but it's usually um, a misconception because uh, just mm-hmm. because you're in a certain business don't make you feel and think a certain way, you know, because I don't think I'm arrogant, but I hear people tell me that all the time. But uh, if you love yourself, you know, you can love somebody else because yeah. you know what it takes, right? You know what you're willing to do for you. Mm-hmm. So if you love somebody else, it's automatic that you'd be willing to do the same for somebody that you love. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, and those, and and I totally hear you on that and like, it really shows when someone is unable to love themselves how there is going to be a higher chance of self-sabotaging the relationship. That's something that I, I had to learn for my own is how when someone doesn't know how to love a certain aspect of themselves or thinks has low confidence in oneself and is, say, around around me, and I, I hold myself really well, and uh, that – the internal stories can come up potentially around worthiness. Worthiness is an old one for me um, that they might think, 
and an old version of myself would think, well, why is this person hanging out with me? Like, I'm going to mess up eventually, so I might as well just do something now to end it and not in a healthy way. <laughs> the subconscious kind of takes over there. Well, I just know if somebody don't love themselves, they can't love me. <laughs> Real simple. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and I'm super curious in in the realm of yeah uh, of of the realm of arrogance. So where where has that come up for you? Like what is what yeah where does that come up for you? Well, usually just like you know uh, having a radio show, for instance, being able to do what do what we're doing right now. People have said that. Or you think you all that because you're doing this. Uh, for my oh. acting side, the acting side for me being an actor or my music that I've been in forever, forever, mm-hmm. forever. Oh, you think you this, you think you all that because no, 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 no. I don't think any of that because I'm too busy trying to do what I'm doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have time to think that. But but like yeah. you mentioned earlier, it, it, it comes with a certain amount of confidence. Uh, it, it, it comes mm-hmm. with a certain amount of um uh, determination and, and realization because everybody's not going to like you. And as a young person coming up in life, you know, you have to try to figure that out because everybody's just not going to like you. I don't care what profession you're in. And if you don't have a certain amount of confidence in yourself or love yourself to that extent, uh, you can become weak and broken. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Two things there. One, I totally identify with used used to think that everyone had to to like me. And that was uh, one of the biggest uh, realizations that I had uh, going through what is called the new warrior training adventure through the organization called the Mankind Project, which does men's initiation work. And one uh, moment in that weekend is someone told me you don't have like you don't have to like everyone and everyone doesn't have to like you. And this is after I did a a a process where I said fuck you to like 25 men in a row. It was amazing. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and um I think within within that that landscape um when you are also talking about how some people have told you, like, well, how how dare you have your own radio show? How dare you think you're so important that, and so great that you can be an actor? Like, that is come, falls upon this concept that I that I learned um, of looking at the ego in a positive, the positive ego and the negative ego. And so, when someone has less self-love, they're going to be more engaged in the negative ego. There's more, there's a high likely chance that it's inflated, someone doesn't know how to manage it, um, and that can cause troubles because, say, yourself or someone like me who has a, a really healthy, a healthier relationship with self-love, um, our positive ego, like being able to understand that because we have an ego and because we're uh, human, we are inherently great and we have developed ourselves and we consider like hold ourselves to like high standards. And there's an element of power. There's an element of power around that. You have a certain amount of power. Other people are engaged in their negative ego. They're going to see, whoa, that's a lot of power. People shouldn't have power. 
wait a minute, what's going on there? And they're going to try to take it down. They're going to try to knock you down a few pegs so that you can be exactly where they consider themselves to be, which is very much lower, unfortunately. Yeah, and for some reason they think that makes them feel like the bigger person uh, when they attempt mm-hmm. that. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, I see it all the time. I I see it all the time. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, in terms of that positive energy, man, I feel like I fill myself up every day with premium gas, you know. Nice. Nice. I'm I'm using electric at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, look, that's good, too, depending on your range. But you know what I mean? (laughs) and this is the fact that you be able to hold yourself to a higher standard and and you know that that comes from within you know what i mean and once mm-hmm. you've been knocked down and and raised up and knocked down and raised up uh over the years at some point then you seek balance you know you you find mm-hmm. out who you are you become comfortable with who you are you know what i mean and and you know every day you have to strive not to fall into uh society's pitfalls and uh, they sinkholes mm-hmm. because they're out they're out there because just as hard as you and I yes. every day are trying to make it to be the best men that we could be, we know that there are people out mm-hmm. there trying just as hard to, to to you know to rain on our parade, you know, to steal our thunder, you know. But oh yeah. Like I said, because of our life's uh, lessons, you know, we got this uh, mm-hmm. invisible force field up, you know, where we recognize it. <laughs> you know, you recognize it early on and deflect, <laughs> and deflect it, you know, because we know if we don't, mm-hmm. it's going to drain us. It's going to drain mm-hmm. us if we don't. Absolutely. Anyway, well, that's, my take, that's my take on that. Well, Seth, do us a, do us a favor, man. I, I know everything is, hasn't always been peaches and creams with, with you. So uh, tell us some about uh, your partners that you that you dated when, your thing was a little bit different. Because I know some people out there, yeah. man, they're trying to get to where you are. You know what I mean? They're probably going through some <laughs> madness right now. <laughs> hey, yeah. They're probably going through some madness right now. So I want to throw this out there, too, to my listeners. You know, the call-in number is um, 646-929-2870. Uh, press number one on your phone. It's for Seth. I'm sure he'd be glad to answer it. And uh, we'll be glad to have you join the conversation, you know. Come on, guys. You know, don't be sitting there just holding the phone. You can press number one. Come on with it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be so, so fun. So, 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 Seth, tell us about some of the crazy stuff you dealt with. <laughs> when okay. self-love yeah, was, was present, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Was you hanging yeah. out, getting drunk, yeah. falling out on the floor? What was going on? <laughs> Luckily, sorry, uh, kind of, for myself. You have to excuse, you have to excuse me, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> So what's really what's really beautiful is there's so many aspects of say okay if if I'm looking at immature versus mature masculinity like my own actions I was someone that saw that immature masculinity growing up and thought to myself fuck I don't want to do that like I don't want to be that and at the same time there's some qualities in this man that I, that I want. There's like some assertiveness, there's some directness, there's some, like, there's more power, there's more, um, uh, just kind of like, there's, there's more energy. There's that masculine presence. And I wasn't able, 
I wasn't allowing myself to step into that because I didn't know what that mature masculinity looked like. So it's almost like for me, like some of the crazy stuff I used to get into was just got like just being put like a putting myself in the friend zone a lot, like, like not, not being, not understanding that I like could be the man that I wanted to be. And it's really funny that you mentioned saying like, okay, what is it to have you drunk on the floor? Like, what's this? <laughs> it's so funny. It's it's like the the first time, the first time I made my sexual debut, I did have three drinks, and it was it was a life changing night for so many reasons. Because first of all, I was with one of my best friends, and we were at a club. And this one girl started giving me the, the sexy eyes. And I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? And remember, this is a Seth that had not made his sexual debut. And what was crazy about this whole experience is this girl, like, came up to us afterwards, like, with her friends. It's like, hey, you guys are you guys are really cool. Do you guys want to, like, grab a drink and talk more? We live pretty close by. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, let's do that. And so being one of my best friends, this new – woman and one of her friends we end up going back to her place and what's crazy is this woman was so confident in all aspects of her life she was super present she was there she asked really great questions um it just seemed like so many things were like i was like i have not been in the presence of this that much in my life and it was like whoa this is like the divine divine feminine like being like super mature, like really confident and like seeing the best in myself and my friend. And this girl made all the moves. She made all the moves. She put, she put my hand on her breast. She, you know, she like, she like started making out with me afterwards. You know, she's hey, like, Seth, she's dropping I'm, the condom on my, you know, what's that? Seth, I'm over here dying, bro. I'm over here dying, man. Cause I so bad want to ask you how old you were when that happened. Because we mentioned, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, mentioned yeah. your debut, and then you mentioned it at a club, too. And I'm like, wait a minute. That means yeah. he's over, he was over 21. <laughs> yeah, get this. 25. 25 <laughs> years old. Ooh. I'm 29 right I don't now. know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Listen, listen, listen. I don't know which is worse, you at 25 or me at my first time didn't know I was supposed to insert something. Whoa! Whoa! I was wow. I was rubbing on it. I was rubbing on it. You know, uh, I was rubbing on it, but I didn't know that Mister Happy was supposed to go inside something. <laughs> you know, so I don't, I, I don't know which one How is the worst. <laughs> Sixteen. Sixteen. I thought I thought I was getting I thought I was getting some, man. I just didn't know the most important part. Wow. Wow. Did you figure it out? Did you figure it out? Oh yeah, later I figured it out, you know. Like like a different day. Like a different day. No, man, no. It was much later it was much later on because I couldn't even go back to that. I couldn't even go back to that same girl because I was fast and I was supposed to have been knowing what was going on and you know talk to her oh and coming into the garage and that whole little bit and 
I'm thinking I'm oh doing what grown-ups do. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's I'm going to have to put that up. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting some, man. And then uh, then somebody <laughs> asked me one day, well, did you stick it in? And I'm like, did I do what? <laughs> I, was, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh, that is Oh, that is incredible. That I'm never going to forget that. That's amazing. <laughs> I know, man. I'm sorry. And I'm saying this on, on, yeah, I'm saying this on air. It's going to be everywhere in a few minutes. It's going to be everywhere. It's like if this, yeah, I mean, I know you've had a lot of shows, and, like, finally that story's out there. I love it. And so what's, what's amazing, and so as, you know, this, this experience progressed, and um, I remember uh, about halfway through I kind of, like, flipped out like a few times in a row, and I laughed a little bit. I said, <laughs> new experiences, right? Um, and then <laughs> so afterwards, after we're all done, like, getting dressed, she's like, hey, uh, Seth, you, you mentioned something about, like, new experiences. What was, what was that about? And I was like, oh, uh, well, yeah, that was, like, my first time having sex. And she was like, Seth, uh, the, the connection you? is chopping up. Did, did you move or something? Oh, Oh no! I'm, okay, the, is it? How's it? How's it? Cho- got choppy there for a second. Okay, is it a little, little better now? A little better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Okay. So when I said yeah, when she asked, uh, when did when you said new experiences, what what did you mean by that? And I said, this, yeah, that was my first time having sex, and she was like, what? You're so hot though. How is that possible? Like, what do you mean? And she was like. You gotta get out there. You gotta have more sex. Like, and she like slapped my ass as I left and was like, "We're gonna check in in a few months." Like, and I was like, "What? <laughs> Who is this woman?" And so, get this: this woman is a life coach. She was the first life coach I ever met. And so it's like she changed my life in so many different ways. We're still friends to this day. When I say relationships that last a lifetime, I fucking mean it. Like. That is the example of someone that inspired me, like one of the people along the way that inspired me on this path was that sexual debut, that one fateful night at 25 years old. <laughs> wow. Now I'm going to remember that too, man. I will definitely take my hat off to you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and so – I think another another element of, of what you're asking is also, like, when did I experience someone else, like, not loving themselves and how that worked out? And so one of my uh, previous partners, beautiful person, absolutely wonderful person, simply just did not at the time have the confidence within herself and the negative stories and negative talk that she had to herself was just so rough. And it created this like crippling experience where it was like this really, it it ended up being like this very like kind of bland relationship because it turned into me just supporting her all the time. That kind of codependent like habit and uh, part of myself that I hadn't worked on yet kicked in because I was like, well, I'm really great at supporting people, so this is great. Let me just keep supporting her. And then eventually, uh, like, she just, like, cancel on things a lot. 
um, and be like, oh, well, I'm just not feeling good. I'm just not feeling good. It would show up in our sex life, you know, and just like very, just like, uh, you know, unfortunate ways. And like, I have so much empathy and there's nothing wrong with what happened. It's just, this is what happens when people don't love themselves. It just like sucks the energy out of the other person Especially two people sucking energy out of each other and then did, leaving how, someone how out look, dry. How does she look physically? Did she take care of herself physically? Um, she she did take care of herself physically and there was like a kind of like um kind of like an eating disorder experience going on. Um and so like she she would work out and at the same time like had a hard time controlling like her eating habits and stuff. So, and then just like with, um, you've probably heard of this and maybe even experienced it yourself in certain ways. Like she would like look at herself in the mirror and then just like, just like make everything about her body wrong, basically. And uh, of course, compare herself to other people in like a negative way without like being able to like celebrate someone else's body and hers at the same time, it was always like, oh, well, that was pretty, that was, you know, like, that was going on a lot. Oh, wow, man, that's sad, man, because I'm going through that shit right now, because I, co- I got a COVID stomach, and I see guys with six-packs, and I go through that right now. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. That, that right. COVID Thanks. gut, boy, that big stomach just sitting around, but uh, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, and it's like, there's an amount uh, from what I've seen and kind of like what I've developed for myself is that it is, you know, self-love. There's an amount of like acceptance of what is in the moment. Like, uh, and that can be with one's body, like not resisting where one's body is at, but then also at the same time, not just saying, say someone that is overweight and wants to, like have like a you know just like a a more like just a more like firm body potentially say someone's overweight they want to be a little more toned and instead of just saying like well I love myself so like whatever goes like like which means kind of like letting go as in just like not working on oneself um like that's not like that's not the goal. The goal is to like accept what they, is, love where you're at. They they must have been listening to, to Oprah Winfrey because they must have been listening mm. to Oprah because Oprah told women that if if a man doesn't love you like you are, then he doesn't love you. So you can eat what you yeah, want. There's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's so. Yeah, there's, oh, man, there's so much intricacy and complexity within that because there's also um, male, like, men and women dynamics there. That comes back to the, like, immature femininity, immature masculinity. Um, And in that realm, to me, saying, like, that would be like saying uh, to you, if I said to you, it's like, well, like, that COVID, (laughs) like, that that COVID gut, is that what you called it? (laughs) Yeah, like a lot of people. A lot of people got it. Just not me. (laughs) Yeah, Um, (laughs) yeah. It's like if your woman doesn't like that COVID gut, like she can go f herself. Like when would when would that be acceptable? Like how would that be any different? 
than a woman saying that to another woman. Like, that's just, it's just like, it's saying, yeah, just, just let yourself go. Like, yeah, you got to accept you no matter what. And it's like, of course, like loving one's partner, like unconditionally is so important. And like accepting that someone is not, is no longer working on themselves to me is unacceptable. Because that's not who I want to be with. I agree. I agree. I've told people on my, some of my earlier shows, you know, it, it's a little different. You know, um, if you were a partner for any length of time, nobody stays the same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if if I could work out as much as I can and try to take care of myself so I could be presentable and look good to you, then what's wrong with mm-hmm. me expecting the same from you? You know, if if you don't mm-hmm. want me to look at nothing and nobody else, well, give me something to look at. You know what I mean? Just don't sit mm-hmm. there and mm-hmm. let yourself go to the dogs and think that, um, mm-hmm. well, you supposed to just love me regardless. Yeah, well, I do, but mm-hmm. I don't like this part mm-hmm. of you. You know what I mean? Because that's not who I mm-hmm. am. I'm always mm-hmm. encouraging. I'm willing to lift you up and even work out if that's what you want to do. But you got to come halfway when. <laughs> out there, you gotta come halfway. Yeah. Just don't sit. Just, just sit there and get no five five hundred pounds and tell your dude, well, he gotta like you because on the way home from work, he see another thirty thousand women that's got a full time job, taking care mm-hmm. of kids, exercising, mm-hmm. working out, mm-hmm. and working in the car wash on the weekend. So, mm-hmm. No, no excuse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, yeah, denial of responsibility is what what it comes down to there. And at the same time, sure, there could be relationships where both couples just agree, like, that's just not important. We both just don't really care what our weight is or how we look and how we take care of ourselves physically. And that could be fine. That could be fine. And that's, I just have a feeling, just like myself, that is not uh, a relationship everyone would want to be in. So, yeah. It's just not healthy on a lot of different levels. It's, it's just not healthy. Because mm-hmm. that's when mm-hmm. people start mm-hmm. jumping horses in the middle of the stream, too. Wait, what? What does that mean? <laughs> what? Well, I mean, you know, we agreed that we're going to do this horses. thing, but, in the, but then in the middle mm-hmm. of the stream, we decided to get on another horse because we don't like that no more. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> You know, and that happens in relationships. That happens on relationships on a daily. I mean, we start out this way, Mm -hmm. but then down the road somewhere, when we get in the middle of the stream, like I said, we look around and say, ah, I don't think I like this no more. You know, and the other person is saying, well, you know, this is how we agree that we're going to roll. You know what I mean? This is how we're going to do it. But no, Mm -hmm. I don't like how you let yourself go, you know. Right, right. I think it's really important in – um, I, I have this in, in my primary relationship is a relationship agreement document. Um, and it's a document that can be edited and changed, you know, as, as, as things go on. And at the same time, it's kind of like this helpful North Star of where we're going and who we want to be, like, individually and together. Um, and it could really just, like, create a lot of clarity because especially in relationships where there's plenty of space, plenty of space for expectations to come rolling on in, um, 
it can be really helpful to get some of those expectations, like either on paper or talk about them, and then maybe turn an expectation into something that is no longer expected or, uh, yeah, because I know for myself, uh, I used to have an idea of what I wanted a relationship to look like, and then once I started actually experiencing relationships, that that has changed, and it's evolved in very beautiful ways. Yeah, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think about if you didn't get started to use 25, you got a whole lot of catching up to do. <laughs> oh, my God. <gosh>. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I have been doing that. I have been doing that, my friend. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing I don't want to get you in I've trouble, Seth. Seth, don't get yourself in trouble now. <laughs> don't get yourself in trouble. <laughs> oh, hey, look, my don't gosh. get yourself in trouble messing with me, man. She might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she listens to this. It'd be awesome. <laughs> she listens to a lot of my interviews. It's great. So, so Zeth, what tool did you feel that everyone should use uh, in and out of relationships that they should know about? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. I am so excited to share this. Um, have you heard of nonviolent communication before, communication modality? No, sir. Oh, awesome. Okay. So it was developed, gosh, like 30 years ago, maybe 40, by um, this guy named Marshall Rosenberg. Cool guy. That's for sure. Haven't met him. I just I just see some pictures of him, and based on what he's written, I go, this is a cool guy. Um, <laughs> and one of the concepts, um, you, you know, he wrote a book called um, Nonviolent Communication, A Language of Life, and plenty of other great stuff. Uh, one aspect of the book that I see um, in the world constantly these days in, in my own – uh, on the internet, in in anything that I read about, like articles online or any type of um, interaction that I have in person, I see people breaking these this kind of like what, what you could say recommendation, which is the four D's of disconnection. So in a conversation or messaging given out in the world. Um, we all, as, as humans, have the opportunity to communicate in a way that's connecting versus disconnecting. And so I see a lot of communication that is inherently disconnecting. And so first of the four Ds is diagnosis. It's like judging a situation, judging a person, saying, oh, you are that, you are that way, this person is like that, that political group is like that, those COVID deniers or whatever are like that. Uh, the people that don't support Black Lives Matter are that thing, that, and usually very ne negative uh, words associated, all sorts of stuff like that. So because it's, it's putting, it's, it's saying that a person or a thing is that way, and there is no other way that they are, uh, like, kind of in a more positive light. And so when talking to other people, if, say, in a, in a conversation thing, someone says to me, Seth, you are a COVID denier. I go, what? Like, you know, internally, I'm like, wait, what? hold 
why would why what makes you say that that doesn't sound really great <laughs> um and uh so it starts the conversation off on a on kind of a negative a negative note instead of maybe someone asking me says why are you personally not choosing not to get this vaccine and then we have a conversation from there and then from from there so that's one one way of diagnosis to, uh or one way of the four Ds of disconnection. The second one is kind of what we talked about earlier a little bit uh, with what Oprah was saying, which is denial of responsibility. So in a conflict of some sort where, say, someone is super simple as in someone approaches me and says, Seth, you said you were going to do the dishes today and you did not do the dishes. And I go, well, I mean, it's our whole household's responsibility to do the dishes. And, like, where you know, it's not just me. It's just – and by the way, and it's it's Sunday. You know, I don't do dishes on the Sunday. I just I do them on Mondays. And so there's there's all of these where it's like inherently, how can someone connect with me when I'm in this excuse tornado <laughs> at this point? Um, so yeah, inherently disconnecting. Uh, the third one is deserve. When someone says, "Do like I should I I deserve to have." spaghetti made for me every single night at 5 p.m. because I love me a gosh darn early spaghetti dinner. Uh, <laughs> um, someone might be like really like upset of just saying like, well, why, why do you deserve that? Like why just cause you say you deserve something doesn't mean that you're going to get it. Um, and so that's another realm where I see that out in the world in the messaging of, um, on the internet of just saying, well, this person deserves that, like that person deserves this. And it, and it's, yeah, it's just very, uh, it's, it's icky. It's really icky. And then, so the fourth D of disconnection, which is one of the biggest ones of them all is demands. And so it's someone saying like, yo, make these cupcakes for me. Uh, or like, or else, uh, or it's like, uh, yeah, just go ahead and um, yeah, go to this. I demand that this person uh, like call themselves out, or I demand that this person be put in jail, or I demand that this person be taken out of jail. Like it can just go forever because the important thing about um, communication is is making requests when wanting something of someone else. A request is something that someone could say yes or no to. A demand, there's no wiggle room. It's just like, right. do this. You have to do that. Um, and so if if everyone in the world, those listening right now, just like, it, I, I really think that if, if the world knew about this, this one of nonviolent communication, the 40s of disconnection, the communication in the world would like elevate so much and there would be so much less disconnection because when we are not having disconnecting conversations, we're bringing connection and curiosity to, to each other. And the, the problem with kind of like this separation um, and dividing that's happening in uh, especially the U.S. Uh, is just creating more disconnection and people are like becoming a little island, little bubbles. Um, and those that uh, at least for myself, if I know that I'm in a realm of 
being able to have a good conversation with anyone because I'm curious, I'm open. Um, I'm not going to, through a conversation with someone, end up, like, trying to create disconnection and sabotage the conversation. Woo! Yeah. That was, that was, that was a crash course. That was a crash course in some communication and what's going on in the world right there. <laughs> All righty then. Sounds good. I've been loading up the gun waiting on this one, man, too. Um, uh, how have psychedelics changed your perspectives on love? That's the question. But then prior to that, I want to know, are we talking about uh, psychedelics like as in mushrooms and stuff like that? Because I, I don't know. That's what I remember from yeah. back in the 70s. That's from back in the 70s. That's <laughs> yeah. what I remember. But uh, that's what we're talking about today, the same type of psychedelics? We we are. We are. And to be more <laughs> more specific uh, for those out there, um, when I talk about this, I'm talking about MDMA, psilocybin mushrooms, LSD, ayahuasca. Um, those are kind of some big ones. And DMT. And so in the realm of you're asking the question of, how has it changed my perspective on love? Um, MDMA was uh, the first uh, substance that I used um, when I was 20, and it was such a hard decision. I was, I viewed myself as a straight edge. I was scared of becoming addicted. I was scared of being dumb afterwards. Yes. Yeah. Seth, help me out here. Um, I remember back when I was in college, and like I said, in the 70s when we was, everything started to really hit the street and we were very interested, inquisitive, and trying different things. They used to have this mm-hmm. acid, like on paper. What was that? Do you know? Ooh. Oh, I don't, I don't know what the uh, – because I know that there were different kind of like batches of, of it, and they would have different names. Uh, and then right. I knew different – there was little different logos and different colored paper. Um, exactly. And I mean, all that exactly. is would that be is, uh, is that is that considered a psychedelic too? Yes. So it's all all of that was LSD, like anything that was right. on paper like that. Okay. It's just it yeah. was delivered in different ways in different batches. And so okay. probably one tab right. would be a drop of LSD. Yeah. Right. Okay. One hundred mics. Yeah. And so. When I was when I was 20 and made this this really difficult decision to do MDMA because I wanted to truly like challenge my own views on life. <laughs> I was told uh, drugs were bad. I was told I would be like I said, be dumb, um, become addicted, uh, be a person that other people don't want to be around. All sorts of stuff. And what I discovered, oh my gosh, that first experience opened my Frickin' life open. Um, I began. I was. I, that's how I found um, my first kind of real like experience of of inner peace and and self love. It's because I was so empathetic towards myself and what I was going through in my life uh, throughout that experience and the people that I was around. I was so empathetic towards them. I could see the best in someone else without them even seeing it themselves. And, you know, that's an aspect of coaching that I really love. It's seeing like, whoa, this person is going great places. Let me help them accelerate that, them on their path. And um, so in that realm of, of, of empathy and love, like I was able to find more ways to love other people and love myself even more. And I think that um, a, a lot of these uh, 
psychedelics, especially my experience, um, some of my experiences on ayahuasca has helped me discover that, like, life comes from love. It's not that life created this, this, this kind of play. And this is very abstract, by the way. We're going a little abstract. Um, well, let me ask you this Hiawatha is also yeah, something that's used in a lot of spiritual, a lot of different cultures as part of their religion? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Back to, um, you know, in, in Peru, uh, that's, that's where it's been used, um, I believe. Um, yeah, many places in South America, I believe um, Mexico, I think Brazil as well. Um, and I think even in Hawaii. So, yeah, it has quite a rich history to it. Well, I just wanted our listeners that wasn't familiar or hadn't heard the term before, I just wanted them to understand that uh, it's not yes. to go down to the street corner drugstore and just get no. it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh highly recommend uh, experiencing it in a, you know, a, a ceremony setting if that is something that one is seeking. Um with a with a proper shaman, all that good stuff, um, and so in in these in that experience, as I was saying, like that, like I discovered that it was like love came before life, which is just a real big, you know, reframe of how I view things. Um, it's like I'm now able to see, like, see love around me, like all the time. It's like not just. It's not just an act of of someone taking care of someone else or showing admiration um, or ad- adoration and um, showing a physical affection or words of affirmation. Um, it's like it's literally everywhere around me, and it's everywhere around us. Um, and then, yes, there's elements of the world that's like really spooky for sure, and like love is love is all we need. It's classic. Come on. Right, for sure, for sure, for sure. So if if people wanted to, uh, like you said, I think you mentioned the high wife and control circumstance, but if people wanted to mm-hmm. experiment with psychedelics, is there a right way and a wrong way? Ooh, yeah. Okay. So what I recommend is that with every experience that someone goes into is to set an intention. And maybe those that are just starting on their journeys with growth um, or maybe haven't even started yet, like it really can even just start from a simple place of, I want to grow from this experience. And this is before you've even like taken the, the, the substance, is like maybe writing down a list. What do you want more in your life? What do you want more for yourself? What do you want more for others? Uh, what, how is, how do you want to change kind of like your, your living situation, your environment? Um, maybe look at a specific aspect of yourself. Um, as we were talking about, um, maybe even in the, in the realm of, of working out, like as we were saying before, it's like, do you, do you want to change like your diet, how, how you eat? Uh, do you, do you want to start walking every day? And in these experiences, you'll have kind of, there's a higher chance of you connecting to this aspect of yourself that you want to work on. And that could show up through maybe potentially visuals, visions. It's a feeling. Maybe it's an inner working, kind of like your mind kind of processing things. 
and maybe it's whoever else you're with, like how you connect with them. You see that, that, that topic, that category, um, and that intention show up and go like, oh, here's when it, this is it happening. It's happening right now. And uh, at least for me, say with the intention of that first time doing MDMA, like I wanted to challenge my identity. I wanted to experience something that uh, was happening around me. Uh, I wanted to do, do something that would improve my life in some way. Like, and I just, I was given so much more. And that's the beauty of intention is usually in my experience with beautiful intentions comes just beautiful realizations, messages, experiences, all of the above. Thinking it into existence. Manifesting. Yep, yep, yep. Well, here's a good one for you. What is one way of being to create lifelong relationships? Yes, yes. Mm, mm. I think the number one thing is being absolutely true to yourself with what you want out of a relationship and creating mutual growth at the same time. So it's like, what do I want out of this relationship? And how can I make sure that we're both growing every time we interact? That's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think that comes with just being a, a good, positive person anyway. And like you said, if you self-confident and you love yourself um you want those that's in your space and your atmosphere around you to all do well feel good and, and prosper and, and be successful too it's like a no-brainer kind of like all go together absolutely oh my gosh yeah I, I just noticed that i i want to be around people that i can that i can grow with and uh i can't I can't just play the old, the old hits with someone forever. We got to create. We got to be creating new things. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> hey, look, there's no point in dummying down. I like that term, though. Dummy down. I can't dummy yeah. down for nobody. Yeah. They got to kind of get on the train that's already moving with me. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, and the beautiful thing is, like, even if someone starts to like, hey, you know what? Actually, I'm going to get off the train and I'm going to hang out back here. Like, I'm going to hang out over here. You keep going. You got to do your thing. It doesn't mean that you can't put any time towards that relationship. It just means that it's an opportunity to find more people and have people in, like, a closer orbit that are on the train (laughs) or on their own train that's, like, doing parallel stuff that's really awesome. Uh, Yeah, that, like, just because there's an ebb and flow in a relationship does not mean that like I, I could say to someone that like I no longer, you know, resonate super hard with, you know, or just super well with. And I could say, actually I have changed a lot and I don't think there is much reason to spend time with you anymore. I could do that. I could kind of do the like cut someone out of my life situation or, 
be like, don't talk to me. Um, or <laughs> I can simply like recognize within myself, I can go, oh, this this relationship feels different for me and I have changed and I'm going in kind of like a different path or I'm speeding up super fast. Um, and I could just tell that person that I may not be available as much for them right now and that I still love them, still love them, still want them in my life. And like a, a, a friend that wants to keep connections will give that space to that boundary. And that gives their more opportunity to connect in the future as well. Still got a wealth of information, Seth. You know we down to the last couple minutes of the show. <laughs> I mean, time flies when you're having Thanks, fun, bro. But you know what, yeah, man? Absolutely. I'm gonna definitely, I'm definitely gonna invite you back anytime you want, anytime you want, oh, man. Because I know we got a you. lot more. We have a lot more to uh, to discuss, man. Because mm-hmm. I definitely, um, yep. You know, I, yep. I try to use this platform, man, to reach out and touch many people. You know, my cousins say, well, mm-hmm. you know, I go to church every Sunday. Well, I feel like doing this show is is my way of going to church, you know, because I could meet, reach, mm-hmm. and touch so many more people. You know, we can touch so many more people with technology yeah. uh, as it is with the way that we're doing it. So hopefully some way, somewhere, some way out there somehow, you know, some of the things we discuss today um, could help somebody in their life moving forward. So, uh, Seth, go ahead and tell everybody how they can reach you, how they can get in contact with you, and all that good stuff. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank you for saying that. It's so true, and I feel that. I feel that very same way of connecting and reaching out to so many people through uh, all all sorts of <laughs> platforms. And, ah, beautiful. So, uh, what's really exciting is that my first time doing my group program called the Purpose Accelerator is starting on June 21st. That's right, June 21st, 2021. We're like uh, three weeks away or something like that, and um, I already have some people signed up, and it's going to be a three-month experience. If anyone has never done a, have been in a coaching situation uh, before, um, I'll be doing uh, one-on-one coaching um, sessions with each uh, member that joins. Um, I'll be doing weekly group calls. We'll be doing daily breath work in the morning over Zoom. It's going to be awesome. And, I, and I'm talking all about purpose and how to be more connected to one's purpose and create a life of purpose and, like, feeling of meaning and fulfillment um, and joy and community. It's going to be freaking awesome. Uh, and uh, so people can connect um, and look at more information on loveamped.com, that's right, L-O-V-E-A-M-P-E-D.com. I'm also on Instagram under loveampedseth, that's S-E-T-H. And uh, I got a lot of fun videos on YouTube, just looking up Seth Pearson, and um, that's P-E-A-R-S-O-N. And uh, I, I just love having conversations with people. I love lighting people up. I am so driven to continue to heal myself um, and heal the world in parallel and creating a world where everyone fully loves themselves and fear, feels fiercely alive. And, uh, you know, I'm, I feel very lucky that I live in that, in that space, in that category, and 
Thank you, Lamont. This has been freaking great, and I would love to be on again. Of course. Absolutely. So good. Absolutely, man. We'd love, love to have you again, for sure, for sure. Everybody, Mr. Seth Pearson, go out and support. Let him know where you heard him at and um, open up. Open wide, open, open up, open up, open up. And if any parts mm-hmm. of the show that you missed, uh, it'll be in, available in its entirety worldwide in a couple seconds. And if you have problems, you know, ask your mother, ask your daddy, ask the man across the street, ask the milkman on the corner, the guy that runs the gas station, or the guy in the supermarket. Somebody could tell you how you could hear this show so you don't have no excuse. So, that being said, this is your host, Lamont Patterson. This is Can I Play a Play? Uh, continue to support. We love you all, and uh, we'll see you next week, Sunday, same time. Seth, much respect. Appreciate you much. Be safe, man. And like I said, the door is open for you anytime. Thank you, Lamont. So much love, and love yourselves out there, everyone. All righty, man. Thanks a lot. See you guys next week. Chair is still a chair, even when there's no one sitting there. But a chair is not a house, and a house. Oh, boy.